What's up, guys, people? I'm your host, Jay Will. This is Inspire Guys People, where we balance faith and business to guide you to your purpose. Welcome to episode 190, where I'll be interviewing my guest, Jay Viana. Jay is a really cool guy um, that I met on Instagram. He's doing some amazing things. He's all about helping Christians become good stewards of their finances via the glory of God. So that's exactly what we're about on Inspire Guys, people. So if you're a person out there um, that is looking to learn how to plan for your finances, how to budget, like why do you need to be a good steward? What does it even mean to be a good steward? Um, and then even how to invest. As you know, we've talked a lot about investing in finances on this show. And in particular, how being a good steward of your finances is necessary as a believer. And guess what? The best part is it doesn't matter how much money you make, how much money you have, you will be able to apply the principles today. So I'm looking forward to meeting Jay, talking to Jay, understanding what his story is, how he got to where he is. And we are going to pull as much wisdom and information out of him as we possibly can today on episode 190. If you are a person that's been rocking with us forever for the past four and a half years, I just want to say thank you to my Apple Podcast listeners. Y'all know we're on YouTube right now uh, at Inspire Guys People. So please like, share, subscribe, all those type of things. But most importantly, I want you to sit back, relax, and enjoy the inspiration. Stop saying what you going to do till you do what you said. When you opened that Bible, you knew what you read. You felt it deep in your soul. The promise did not expire. Be inspired. I can see beyond the tears you cry And the pain you feel I saw every hill you had to climb Just to make it here When you say you ain't afraid to die Is it fake the fear? Guys, people, we are back And this time we got Jay Viana Jay, how are you feeling today? I'm very excited, man You give such a uh, a good build-up I'm ready to talk <laughs> about this, man That's what's up Yeah, man, I'm ready to dig into Um you know, first of all, just thank you for um, jumping on the show um, and bringing your wisdom and your insight to um, the Inspire Guys people audience on behalf of the yeah, audience, of because I get a lot out of these interviews as well. Just want to appreciate you first and uh, foremost there. It, let's kick this uh, conversation off, Jay. We're going to jump right in. Sure. Um, this, this is a sidebar right off, off the back, but this is something I asked my audience today on Facebook, and I'm just curious mm -hmm. what you think. Uh, would it be in the top of the year? Are you pro New Year's resolutions or not? I don't want to say anti, right? But yeah. in talking to people, <laughs> there, se there seems to be a lot of people who are like really for it and they jump in. And then honestly, man, like it's a lot of people out there that they do not like you uh, New Year's resolutions for various reasons. And I'm just curious what your thought process is on that. I'm, I love it, man. I am a New Year's resolution junkie. And if I pull up my phone right now in my notes, me and my wife will like do joint resolutions together with like check marks and like hyperlinks, right? So like I will have a general one and like stuff we want to fix around the house, stuff I want to read, and then the hyperlinks to the book a uh, book list and then a list of stuff around the house. I mean, I, I'm heavy for it. And I think that if you can kind of set the goal and dedicate time towards it, you'll definitely get to that. I think a lot of people don't like it just because they end up disappointing themselves. Can you unpack that a little bit? They end up disappointing themselves. Yes, what, what do you like, mean by that? Life gets in the way, right? And then you're sitting here with this list. 
that you never get to. It, it just gets kind of depressing, man. You're never like knocking off any of the goals. You, you set out to, you know, reach all these purpose goals for the year and don't do anything. So then you disappoint yourself, you know, in that book that um, James Clear wrote, Atomic Habits, it talks a lot about that, how you set these micro goals and then you go after those because a lot of people underestimate what they can do in a year and entirely overestimate what they can do in 10. So oh. you're just like, yeah, yeah, people are just underestimating themselves because they think, um, or, or actually they'll do this. They'll write uh, this massive goal instead of setting up tangible, you know, small steps that they can take on a day-to-day -day basis. So kind of like realistic expectations, you know what I'm saying? Exactly. Like, because, you know, I was, I, this is something I always kind of talk about where it's like, I, I'm, I'm a big goal setter. And if I'm being honest, I've gone back and forth on specifically New Year's resolutions um, only because I always talk about having a new day mindset. But I will be honest, whether I like it or not, whether other people like it or not, there is something about the air, the feel of like when the calendar turns. I don't know if it's that we're all doing it kind of uh, in unison going into the new year. Um but there's something about it that makes you want to get have a fresh start. So I do, I, I think yeah. I'm leaning towards being like pro New Year's resolutions if you are truly committed and kind of willing to see it through. Yeah. And I don't think it's just a New Year's resolution. I would take that even a step further and just call it goals. Just just do 2023 goals. I love it. it. Be a resolution, however you want to word it, right? As long as it's a here's who I want to be, here's what I want to achieve for 2023. Here's how I'm going to be different, you know, across the board, write it down. And then you have something that you look at every single day. I think you just gave me a new, a new outlook on it because maybe the problem with new year's resolutions in particular is that it's so specific to the idea of the new year that once the new year wears off, so does the resolution versus if you have exactly. year long goals and you're calling it, a 2023 go then it's already in your mind all year long you already have your mind made up these are the things i want to accomplish in 2023 even when the new year wears off so yeah okay you go got ahead. me I, i'm with it yeah go ahead. in our church we're um we're studying just the, like the jewish calendar which is i know so super random but i'll tie it back in and <laughs> okay. they actually celebrate this mindset of like new or this reset several times throughout the year so there'll be like a new harvest and that to them, they'll celebrate it like it's a new year. So because there's so much emotion and tied into like New Year's resolution. And by the end, the third week of January, you know, everyone's kind of over it. You're already back to your day to day life. The gym is as empty as it was, you know, before Thanksgiving. Exactly. So if you look at it that way, you're kind of setting yourself up for disappointment. So just take that out of the equation and write down goals. I love it. Goals, not resolutions, people. We got to have a long-term mindset to get through the entire year. So thank you for that, yeah. Jay. Now let's learn a little bit about you, Jay. Um, I typically like to start these conversations off understanding like who you were growing up, what was your mm -hmm. reputation, um, you know, what was your childhood like, and, and so forth. And I open up with a super open-ended, vague question, sure. um, purposely to allow you to touch on whatever are um, the important things from your childhood that you would like to kind of let the folks know about out there before we jump into the conversation. Yeah, absolutely. I guess. Um, so obviously I was born and raised in Brazil. Uh, I still speak Portuguese. I learned Spanish. My parents were, I mean, church rats. We were church every day. 
sleeping okay. in church and at times they forgive me at church and have to, you know, come back we evangelizing and then have communion. I, that, that's how I was raised. And in Brazil, the spiritual realm is very impactful. We see things down there that you don't see up here from angelic situations to demonic situations, everything in between. I mean, I've seen guys that are, you know, a quarter my size toss people around the room. And I mean, that's just one example, but we've seen, like, I grew up in this stuff. Yeah. Right. So like that was my childhood. You get here to the U.S. Very different. Um, we were considered obviously I'm still considered an immigrant, although I'm an American citizen. I'm not I'm not from here. So you come here to do missions and it was very challenging learning a new language language. The first word that I learned in English was shut up because <laughs> it's actually a medicine in Brazil. If there's any Brazilians watching, they'll know what wow. it is. Taking it. It's like Dayquil. Shut up. So that's yeah, kids, I love it. Yeah. The so kids would come up to talk to me. I, I didn't know what to say. Right. So I just be like, oh, shut up and walk away. <laughs> that that was my childhood, man. Right. Until I, I started playing basketball, football in school, got integrated, um, started going to church again. My dad was called up to, to be a pastor and started evangelizing. Nice. And ultimately, man, we traveled the country. Right. So we landed in Dallas, Texas, stayed there for about eight years. Uh, we moved to Florida for two or three went back to Texas, went to Ohio, went to Virginia. Uh, I decided that like that, I can't keep chasing him around. I got to right. go to school. I got to get a job. I got to set myself up, came to Florida and you know, I've been here since. Okay. I was going to ask, you know, when you get to go around Texas, Virginia, hitting all these places, but Florida's Florida's the spot. Okay. That, that gives Florida's me the spot. Yeah. That Home. gives me a reason to look at, uh, you know, actually, um, we, Whenever I get to the point where we get um, a secondary spot, like we're thinking Florida, like that's that's where I think we want to be able to come for the winters, even though in all honesty, yeah. winters, I'm in Michigan. I mean, we in the 30s, man. And like, that's good. Like, it's good, though, because like, <laughs> that's sad. That's I know, just sad. <laughs> I know you can't even you can't even understand <laughs> no. how I'm talking like that. But mm -hmm. it's like in Michigan, what ends up happening, we've had a couple mild winters where you know, when you get down to the teens, it turns into like bitter cold where like yep. you can't even really you don't want to go outside. So when it hits the 30s, honestly, you know, you get a, a nice coat and a hat and you actually are like, oh, I'm not bitter cold. It doesn't hurt to be outside. I'm good. So uh, but we definitely want to um, jump jump into maybe something like Florida or somewhere hot. Now, you, you talked about like, you know, what, how old were you when you got here? So I was eight. Eight years old. So you mm -hmm. came here eight years old, didn't speak English, no. had to kind of adapt to that. What do you think that did for you as an adult? And I'm asking specifically because I'm always intrigued by immigrants from the standpoint of like being thrown in somewhere that you don't understand. And quite frankly, to be honest, I felt that living in America, like coming from the community I come from and then. You know, like now being in a corporate world for 16 years. But when I first got here, I was like, I didn't know what to do in corporate yeah. America. I can only imagine how that is from another country. But how do you how did that impact you, whether it's positive, negative or just, you know, neutral? Like, what are the ways that being an immigrant and being, you know, not exaggerating, saying being thrown in a country, but yeah, yeah, kind of, of being thrown in an environment where you, you know, it wasn't your daily. So, I mean, I think a couple of things happened. The first one is that I think the Lord used the opportunity to mold my heart. I am not, I don't forget where I come from. And I don't come from like 
an American, I guess, background. Like yeah. a lot of times in Brazil, we didn't wear shoes. You know, we just, we didn't. I didn't own a bicycle. You didn't have iPhones and technology. Like you didn't have any of that. That's not how we grew up. That's not how we were raised. Um, so you get here and the materialistic culture was something that I don't think actually penetrated me. I'm not, I don't care about that stuff. I never have, right? I don't, you're never going to see me rocking a Gucci belt. Gotcha. Not because I, I, I'm not looking down on people who do. I'm just saying like, that's just not me. Yeah. Right? No, I'm, I'm the same way. I, yeah, well, so, I, I just can't imagine the prices don't make sense to me, but go ahead. Yeah, no, no, but that's what I mean. I think so. I think the Lord like really helped me um, because we went through so much struggle and difficulties and different challenges. Uh, and then the other thing I think it did, it really gave me a lot of courage to understand like, hey, look, if I can do this, there's a multitude of people behind me that are much more capable than I am. That could be a lot further in life if they had someone to teach them what I wish someone had taught me when I was you know, 15, when I was 17. Like, and that's where I'm here. A lot of my, uh, that's why I started what I'm doing, right? A lot of my friends, family, people in my church, they still have no idea about anything we're going to talk about, about planning, about budgeting. They, they don't. So I got to the point where I'm like, okay, I, the Lord's given me some grace to understand this topic and to speak about it. At some point, I have to follow my purpose. And yeah. we're... Where did that love develop, though, Jay? So, um, all right, like, help me connect that dot of, like, coming here as an immigrant, growing here, like, be, coming into this culture, and like you said, seeing the materialistic nature. You said something really key earlier about, like, over in Brazil, the sensitivity to the spirit, right? Mm -hmm. So you come in this culture, and, you know, there's not that sensitivity to the spirit, but there's so much materialistic and really things that are non-substance that people focus on. Exactly. Um, where did you develop that love for talking about finances and business? What was that journey like? Yeah. So it was a new world for me when it, when it kind of started. I, after I moved to Ohio, I started studying. I was studying, doing my first semester at OSU and I was working, I was doing it part-time and I was working part-time at Office Depot. When I was working at Office Depot, some guy comes into the store. And he's like, hey, can you make me some business cards? I make his business cards. Had a strange feeling about the guy. Memorized all his contact information. Very strange. Guy calls me after he comes pick up his order. And he says, hey, look, Jay, you seem like somebody who has more potential than Office Depot. I want to talk to you during work hours. If you're interested, give me a ring after. So I was like, that was, that was strange. Yeah. Call the guy because that's just too mysterious. I have to figure out what's going on. So I call the guy. He says, come to my office. He's got this like penthouse office, downtown Columbus, Ohio, overlooking uh, the park. If you, if you guys know the city. And he says to me, this is what we do. We take financial advisors that are working at Morgan Stanley, Merrill Lynch, Bank of America, and we move them to, you know, another bank. So JP Morgan Chase or any other one, Credit Suisse, Goldman Sachs. That's all he does. I like to offer you an internship position for one year. This is not paid. You're going to hit the phones. You're going to call a hundred of these guys per day. Very like Wall Street movie type vibes. Uh, and he starts, yeah. He starts asking me like, what do you do? And I was like, well, I'm a Christian. And he's like, well, let me stop right there. Christians don't make money. Whoa. You got Joe Osteen. And he said this specifically guys like Billy Graham and TD Jakes who make it, but that's one in a million. That's not for everybody. And I was like that. That they just instigated something in me. Yeah. Like, like, what are you talking about? The Bible is loaded with people who are extremely wealthy. If you read Book of Genesis, you got Abraham, Isaac, jo 
Jacob, all of them extremely wealthy. You got Job, who was the richest man in time. Like, you got David, you got King Solomon. I mean, what? Yeah, so yeah. That didn't resonate with me. And then I accepted the gig anyways. Uh, after about a month, he offered me a job. I left. Once I started working with financial advisors, I realized there's a lot of them that are Christian. There are, there are Christian communities for financial advisors that are taking the assets that they manage and doing it for the glory of God. So I'm like, wait a minute. Everything that I kind of considered was wrong. And I'm taking, because a lot of people, Christians will even take the verse that, you know, the, the root of all evil is yeah. money. It's like, no, no, it, it's the love of love. Money. There's a very key difference you know, word there. Yeah. So that to me just like clicked. And I was like, all right, well, if I'm going to have the opportunity to live my life and be poor and a Christian, but I have another opportunity to just understand finances, the Lord wants to allow me to prosper. Great. I'm going to be a Christian anyways. So yeah. if I have the option, come on. It's like, <laughs> do I really want to, you know, earn $15,000 a year for the rest of my life? Do I want to learn on how I can do better and serve people better? Because that's what it's all about. And um, I know that you, you titled this plan, budget, invest, and give. All of it is focused on give. It's a fun. Love it. So it's literally like, here's kind of where you start. Here's the end goal. It's about giving. You're That's doing, it. you're planning, budgeting, investing to allow you to give. Yep. And look, I love that, Jay, because, you know, we, we come from different backgrounds, but there are a lot of um, similarities in the fact of like, you know, I grew up in inner city Detroit, surrounded by poverty. Um, still from a mindset perspective, just to be honest, like friends, family, whatever, like people still, it's very hard to get out of a poverty mindset. Even yeah. if you make a little money, um, the way you spend it, you talked about the Gucci belt, the things that we idolize. And for me, um, it's about like, why do, why do you think people idolize poverty? Christians in per particular, I think there's a there's a mindset a lot of times with us where maybe we're just uncomfortable. Like you said, whether it's like misrepresenting the scriptures or misunderstanding them. But there's a reason that that guy said that to you about like Christians don't make money. And I also think there's a reason why, like, man, I'm surrounded by Christians and uh, I'm constantly having conversations just trying to get people to be comfortable to understand how to properly think about money. Because right. I think in a lot of ways we idolize poverty. And I, I don't know if if I'm articulating that well or not, but I'm, I'm curious. What I you think, think I understand. Yeah. So I think Christians have this way of um, victimizing themselves. And they think that if they are poor, that means they're they're more blessed. That means they're more Christian. That means that the level of holiness is better than those of people that have money. And that's not the case. There are poor people that there are Christians that are not, you know, uh, very prosperous because of just laziness, because of lack of knowledge, it could be a million things, right? It just because someone is rich, it doesn't make them non-Christian or a bad Christian. Just like if someone is poor, it doesn't mean they send. Jesus taught us this, right? Yeah. So if you're going to apply that, if someone is not doing well, it's it, it's it's because whatever the situation is, then you need to take that and apply it to the other side of the spectrum too. That it could be that the guy is very Christian. They're, I'm sure there are rich people that are infinitely more Christian and have a much better relationship than any of us. I would you agree. Know? And and I think, too, like, so for me, 
from a personal standpoint, what one of the things that have a, a bunch of things happened. But when I was in college, junior, senior year, I worked at a bank, a credit union, actually. And mm-hmm. there was one on campus, but on weekends, I bounced around to different locations. So as you can imagine, you have the college campus um, credit union where the students are coming in. So I'm seeing a couple things. I'm seeing students that have on Gucci, all the J's, all this stuff, literally come in in their account and have $5. And then I'm seeing a student come in, shoes curling up, clothes don't look like much of nothing, $25,000 in the bank. For me, that was like, that was A, like, wow, that was culture shock because I hadn't Mm -hmm. really ever thought about, you know, I never had insight to like, you see people, you think they have money or you think they don't. I never had true insight. And then on the weekends, it got crazier because, you know, this credit union was in, you know, nice middle class neighborhoods, upper middle class. So on the weekends, I go around to the other branches and work and there would be individuals coming in. And I'm looking at like six and seven figure accounts from like random, regular looking people coming in. And that was the, one of the first times as a young adult for me that I started thinking like, OK, something isn't adding up and you know and there's so much more these people can do with the resources they have and for me growing up in poverty jay it was like i can't impact anything that i want to impact so that's why i couldn't stay broke i I just couldn't i was like i can't stay like this because i will always be dependent on someone else to get me out and if god has given me any gifts and capabilities to get myself out I wanted to do that. A hundred percent. No, that, that's the culture today too. It's all about showing that you have it versus having it. Yeah. It's yeah. about showing it because if you don't show it, you don't have it. It's just like, remember when there was this hashtag trending, I still remember it today. It's like, you don't go to, if you didn't, if you don't post a pic, you didn't go to the gym. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you go to the gym, you got to post it or it's not real. It didn't happen. So I feel like the same thing with, uh, with money, man. People think that if, if you don't flash it, then, you know, you don't have it. I think what's interesting about that, I was randomly, I typed this in my phone, I think yesterday or today, actually, is like we chase the status symbols, irregardless of whether we have the status or not. So it's like we are literally living in a culture where people are actually more intrigued by the symbol than the status. So it's like, hey, if I can get the Gucci belt to walk around and tuck in my shirt and show everybody like, look here, I have a Gucci belt or I have on Gucci loafers, that symbol of status means a lot to me. But if I can't do that, but I actually have some status, some substance of some wealth, I'm actually doing things behind the scenes off camera. That's not as appealing to people. And and I don't, I don't quite understand it, but it's a very intriguing idea to me that people would rather look like it than actually be it. Yeah. And you know, the other thing too, I think we're, we're, probably hitting on this a little harder. So let me, let me just switch, yep. just switch the angle a little bit. And I think you're going to agree with me. I don't think it's wrong. You want to, you want to rock Gucci and Louie do it. 100%. But if you ever read the book, rich, that poor dad, one yes. of like literally the one thing he hammers is for you to buy assets and not liability. Yesterday, Forbes released the richest person uh, list. Elon Musk is no longer there. It's this guy who owns the Louis group. So when you are buying Louis stuff, that's where that guy's going. That's where yeah. the money's going. It's to going to his pocket. Guy. Yeah. So all I'm saying is like, you want to buy it, set some money aside, buy it. 
but set some money aside. Don't take money out of, you know, your 401k potential pension, your future self, your future family to buy something that, you know, like Jesus put it, rust is going to come. I mean, you buy, how long do your Gucci's loafer is really going to last? Yeah. You know, right. if you bought a position in Louis, Louis Vuitton stock, like, you know, it's so just that, be wise about it. That That's a great angle. Be, and I do agree um, that for me, it's about prioritizing. So I was talking to a family member this week and literally having this conversation about, you know, what it means to be financially freedom, so on, uh, financially free, so on and so forth. And I was like, well, it's about prioritizing first and paying the things that need to be paid, right? Getting rid of the debt and those type of things, taking care of the responsibilities. But then the hard parts co comes and, and I'm going to be like super... I like I like to be like I'm I call myself example man sometimes on the show. It's like all examples, but like for me, it's like I never had money. And I'm I'm just being like super literal. Like, so now I'm not even talking about a high amount. I'm saying let's just say a thousand dollars. There was a point in my life 12 years ago, I never even had a thousand dollars in the bank saved up. But the problem was I was in this cycle, Jay, where I had mm -hmm. debt, credit cards, whatever, didn't pay bills on time, very lazy with stuff. And so first I had to correct that. I had to prioritize paying the bills, paying off the debt. Long story short, I got to this point where all the bills were paid. And now I had nobody had ever taught me how to have the money. Right. So now I'm in this situation where, OK, bills are paid. I have money. I don't know what to do. Jay, I actually think that's the point where people yeah. sometimes go to the Gucci and the Louis because it's like, I don't know what else to do. So I would like to transition a little bit. Like you said, you know, you're all about planning, budget, investing it so that you can give. Right. Can we talk a little bit about that person now? You have money. Yeah. What do I do with it? How do how to be successful, how to have good money, how to be a good steward and what that means? Um, I know we talked a little bit about planning with the, the goals versus resolutions, but can we just start there and then build towards giving? Like just starting yeah. with the planning where I have money, Jay, what, what do I do? How do I find my way now? Yeah, no, of course. And I think everyone starts with debt. Me and my wife, we paid off $57,000. Like, that's a sum of money. We did that in three years. But again, because no one told us what to do, how to do it. So when we came into the realization, like, oh, my God, if we keep this up, we're going to have six figures in debt. So everyone starts that way. And I think a lot of people, like, they think they have so much debt. It's like, oh, just forget about it. It's never going to change. Um but if you are listening, just just so you know, you can do it. You can pay off your debt. You can change that habit. You can change that cycle. And then you move on to to this this next phase. Right. So when you're planning, the reason I put plan in there is because I think a lot of people will try to write a budget and then never do it. So really, you have to plan to then budget because budget almost is like it's almost a plan in action at that point. It's, it's not necessarily you're not actually investing or taking by very specific actions. But if you don't plan to do it, it's never gonna happen. And it takes time, right? For you to budget, you're gonna need to go get data and bank statements and, and all this. But Jesus says that, I'm sorry, not Jesus, there's a proverb, I think it's Proverbs chapter six, where he says, uh, look at your flock, take count of your herd. Riches don't last forever and a crown is not generational. So he's literally saying like, look, you need to understand how's your flock doing? Yeah. How, how are your findings? Like, like take an overall picture, zoom out. How does it look? And that's literally where you start. 
it's just really understanding, take a pulse where things at. So once I do that, I, and I think that's definitely fair, like, because a lot of times when you're just frivolously spending money, right. you, you're not, you have no plan. I tell people all the time, like money is like, you know, if, if you don't put it in its place, it'll do what it wants to do. Exactly. And so you'll just be emotionally spending. So I love the fact that like first is just that awareness um, to plan. And you kind of touched on budgeting. I think a lot of people are afraid of the word budget. I think it feels overwhelming to people. Maybe there's a little bit of laziness mixed up there or fear. Um, the limitation. Would... That's where I see it. That's where people push back. It's like, no, nah, you're not going to put m limits on my money. My money is not going to put limits on me. It's like, no, no. The limits are a good thing in this case. It's the exact opposite. If you have these limitations here, it means you don't have to have limitations elsewhere. Got you. So it's really, a, again, like to, to me, that feels like that prioritizing and understanding, like, like you set these boundaries so that you can really expand your, you know, territory in another area. But you are, I think one of the things we have to realize when it relates to finances is that you are always making a decision and there is some type of effect that is going to come from that decision. And there's no way around it. I think sometimes we, we are seeking in our culture this utopia um, where there are no problems and everyone is everything is just perfect. And I'm a believer. I'm a I'm more of a realist of like, hey, man, like that's life It's part of the beauty of life is growing through something. So limitations with budgeting. Now. Yeah. Now we talk a little bit about planning and budgeting. I really wanted to pick your brain about investing. Sure. Um, I know you have you have a video. I'll link it in, in the in the description of this show um, for the people listening on Apple Podcasts and watch later on YouTube. Um, you have a you have a video about like teaching people how to specifically invest in, in crypto, kind of a, a mm -hmm. beginner's guide to cryptocurrency. Sure. I know that there's a lot going on in the macro economy. There is a lot going on within crypto, um, a lot of liquidations and all types of things from Voyager yeah. Celsius, you know, FTX. Um, let's talk a little bit about crypto. Um, I want to start with like, where, when did you get into crypto? How did you get into crypto? And like, what was that kind of intro to crypto like for you? Yeah, yeah, of course. So getting into, uh, into crypto was an interesting kind of journey for me. It really started right now. I'm the head of marketing for a company called uh, Space Ventures. And what they do is essentially allow anyone to invest in space companies, space startups, right? Um, a lot of the users and investors are people that are like into Ethereum. So from a, hey, I need to know my users, let's 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 get into it. This was a couple of years ago. So started getting into it, started really loving the concept, uh, understanding it more and more. Uh, but like I'm at the point now where I realize I don't understand nearly enough about crypto to go in as aggressively as I was before. Got it. So I think, and I'll say kind of a, a pro against the two. So right now, crypto is at a phenomenal entry point. If anyone's like scared because of FTX or whatever's going on in the news, you, you have to flip that mindset. When, this, when the stock market or crypto is at a low point, that's when you get in because it already, your, your risk is minimized at that point. When it's at an all-time high and people are like on the hype, that's when you should not be buying. Like don't follow the hype. Follow your instinct and what you know. So personally, I invest in like very niche crypto stuff bitcoin ethereum i had no Do dogecoin i didn't get into that yeah. um and then one of the things that i love about 
cryptocurrency, the blockchain right now is there's this website called lofty.ai and they'll buy a property. They have a ton in Michigan, by the way. So they'll buy this property and they'll tokenize it. So that just means you got a hundred thousand uh, dollar house. They will split it into a hundred uh, or a thousand pieces of a hundred dollars each, let's call it. And then you can buy a share in that property. Love it. Right. You're literally everything is happening on the blockchain. And two phenomenal things about this that I haven't seen anyone else do. The first is that they allow you to participate in, in the ownership conversation. So if a tenant is, is lagging on his rent, they literally send out an email and you can vote on what you want to happen. Do you want to give them 45 more days? Do you want to charge a late fee? Do you want to kick him out? So if you, if you don't have that whole $100,000 to buy the property, literally you can start getting some ownership experience just like this. The other thing is that they pass on tax depreciation to the owners. So a lot of the funds don't do this. And one of the biggest things about investing in real estate is that you get the depreciation. So you can literally, you get like an immediate write off. So they do allow for that as well. They pass it on to, uh, to the owners. And in my case, I have invested in several properties. It allows me to do the following thing. One, if I go visit that state, I can write it off because I have an investment in that state. So I can write it off Two, it. everything that I have is stored in a solid wallet. So it, it's not on the website. Nobody can steal it. It's on a hard wallet. So, I mean, man, it, it's like cryptocurrency and blockchain used phenomenally. I'm not, I'm not like, I'm not, yeah. I'm not an affiliate of this company. I just genuinely love what they're no, doing. No, no. I, I, I yeah. love that. Um, and I like talking about it, especially as a believer. Like I'm, I'm heavy in the crypto. I'm, I'm, you know, pretty well versed, even though I never call myself an expert on pretty much anything. Cause there's always something to learn. And crypto is so new, right. That there's mm -hmm. so much more to expand and learn, but you, you talked about something important and it's the mindset of an investor. This would apply whether it's crypto, whether it's the stock market or real estate, whatever it may be. And there's this mental block where people follow the crowds and right. as retail investors jump on, I call them railroads and roller coasters. Like some folks just jump on the roller coaster at the top. Right. And it's like, that's when everybody use everybody's screaming, everybody's excited. But like write it said, down. Exactly. And they <laughs> ride it right down. Right. And so you go from a roller coaster to a railroad where it's flat. And yeah. so um, you said something important, like now is the time to, at the very least, I've been trying to urge people. Now is the time to learn. If you were ever going to learn about crypto and investing, now is the time to do it. Um, I jump into like a lot of the um, I follow like almost everything in crypto, but I like I like the gaming. Um, of course, um, did I you have an FTX a account? No, I didn't. Ironically, because um, I have a lot of crypto accounts. FTX That's was just... giving you wisdom. huh? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's one of them. I didn't. But I did have others. So um, I got some of the others that were um like Celsius, Voyager, um, experience liquidations. And I did have those accounts. So uh, I didn't make it completely out. But like you, um, mostly all of my funds are on a hard wallet. So, um, you know, you got to move that stuff right away. But what I really want to talk about from an investor's mindset was this ability to jump in early. So what we're talking about now, even as you think about it, Jay, you jumped into that internship right in the finance industry unpaid and mm -hmm. there is something to be said about people who have who step out on faith in this way 
where they have the ability to see value in something where value isn't there yet. And I just would love to hear you, um, your thoughts on how faith in particular has played a part in your journey through business. Oh, that's a, that's a loaded question, brother. Because the way I look at it, and if you're going to be serious about your money, first thing you understand, it's his. It's not your money. It's his money. It is not, it's not yours. You don't manage it. It is his money. He manages it. The only way you can find out how he wants you to manage it is if you ask him. And I'll give you a couple of uh, stories slash testimonies. The first one, bought my first rental property with my wife. So market, obviously you saw it in the past two years, skyrocketed. I mean, literally I was able to like the money that I put in, 10x it. So I had the option. I was like, I was thinking to myself, man, it's getting risky out here. The higher it goes for me, that's when I get nervous. Yeah. So I was like, it's risky. I talked to my wife, what should we do? She's like, I don't know. Sell it. Don't sell it. Sell it. Don't sell it. Thank you so much for your help, babe. <laughs> so I went to the Lord, man. And I was like, Lord, what would you like me to do? And how, how do you want me to play this? So praying, I'm fasting. Don't hear nothing from the Lord. And in my personal experience with him, if I don't hear anything, it's a no. If he wants it. it to be a yes, he'll tell me it's a yes. If Got not, I'm, I'm asking the wrong question. So the last day of my, my prayer and fasting campaign, I have this dream. In this dream, I'm sitting in the community, like in, in where this rental property is at down here in Florida. And I look up and I see this massive like bird coming down. And I'm looking up and I'm seeing this bird come down. He, he starts getting closer. This thing is huge. I'm talking like the size of an airplane. It's a dragon, like completely possessed, red eyes, breathing fire. He literally lands and smashes like one of the houses on the block. Wow. And then I see him just like breathing fire, destroying the properties. So I'm like freaked out at this point. You know, I look back up. I see hundreds of them coming down. Ooh. You know what I do? You know what I do the next day? What? I list the property. I love it. I'm like, I'm it. praying. Now I'm fasting. The Lord gives me a dream like that. There's no way I'm holding on to that property. So I sold it. It's, it's gone because yeah. I, I'm not I'm not tied to the money or to the property itself. It's not emotional. It's not mine. It is. I love it. And we, we have to be the other thing that speaks to is we can't be greedy. And that's the other thing. Mm -hmm. one, one of the. The reason I like talking about this type of stuff, Jay, is because on this show, with it being a faith and business show, business, we know that finances and, and money are an important aspect. And one of the things that I'm always trying to like get people grounded in, is kind of like we talked about early. The reason I'm comfortable talking about money is because I literally have seen it in the Bible and I believe it's biblical. So I'm not afraid of it, but I also am very intentional to talk about it the right way. Um, like you're doing in this idea that like we cannot be greedy. I tell people right. all the time, don't be a scammer. Don't get involved in things to make quick money, um, because when you have that mentality, then that dragon bird is coming down and it's going to take yeah. you out eventually. Yeah. The Bible has more passages on stewardship and finances than anything else. You know, you got something like uh, peace and hope that's mentioned 365 times, 66 times. You got heaven and hell a couple hundred times. And then you got money, finances, stewardship over 2,000 times. Why do, why do you think that is? Because it, God knew it would be such an important aspect of our lives. Literally, like 
one of the very first sins that we see, which is Cain and Abel, it, it's regarding stewardship. A lot of people would think stewardship is about two things. It's about just money and it's about just giving. That's not the case. Stewardship just means you're managing something that's not yours. So when we are good stewards, we are good stewards of our time, our relationships. If you're married, your family, you are good stewards of, of literally anything the Lord gives you. So like that's a steward. When you're a good steward of your finances, then you're talking about managing God's money. It, 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 there's levels here, right? So there are people that are good stewards of their time. And there's phenomenal Christians that have written books on this. You know, you got the ruthless elimination of hurry, which is a phenomenal book about time and productivity. So you take the example that I mentioned earlier, Cain and Abel, bad stewardship on what the Lord had given them. And a lot of people, and even including myself, I never understood why the Lord rejected Cain's offering. It's just the Bible is not clear on yeah. what he did wrong. Like, what, did the, what did he do wrong? Right. Right. So if you really analyze, look at different versions, I have the privilege of reading it in different languages. You see that in Genesis, I want to say it's like chapter four. It says that in in time, Cain brought an offering to the Lord. But what was Cain's offering? It was fruits and veggies from the land. And let me ask you something. You have a banana sitting around for a few days. It, <laughs> yeah, it's, not, it's, it's not right. It's yeah, not right. Exactly. And then you have Abel who actually went out, like, you know, killed the lamb on the very same day, very same time, offered it to the Lord. So literally he was a bad steward of the fruits and veggies that the Lord had given him. Simply wow. that. Wow. And again, back to becoming a good steward. It, it's just like the Bible is overloaded about this because it's important. And, you know, like in scripture, man, it, to your point, it's there so much. But I also believe that finances is one of the things in scripture that is explicitly specific. Mm -hmm. Like people will ask you stuff like, you know, can you do this? I don't even want to start giving examples and going down a rabbit hole. But, you know, like people will find something that is not specifically in the Bible, literally written a certain way. Right. And then being like. You know, hey, the Bible doesn't say we can't do this. Well, when oh, it comes God, to like yeah. finances, finances are so specific. Like even as an example, like I have pulled up Proverbs six when you were mentioning it just to take a look at it. And so Proverbs six and six, it says, take a lesson from the ants, you lazy bones. Learn from their ways and become wise, though they have no prince or governor or ruler to make them work. They labor all hard all summer gathering food for the winter but you lazy bones how long will you sleep when will you wake up a little extra sleep a little more slumber a little folding of the hands to rest 11 then poverty will pounce on you like a bandit scarcity will attack you like an armed robber mm. I, that's random i literally you mentioned proverbs 6 i like you know as you talk i'm like was trying to like pull it up and i, yeah. I left it alone but i saw that and it's like there's so much that where it's specific in the Bible about finances. Um, for me, you, you mentioned Cain and Abel. Is there another particular passage or is that the passage for you? Like, was there something that maybe you a, a passage that you just never forget as it relates to being a good steward or having finances um, that, that you would share with people? I have one. I'm curious what yours is. So, I mean, I, I don't think I have like a particular one, but I think laziness is massive um, because a lot of Christians use that as, as, as an excuse, 
right? So a lot of times I'll get a DM where someone's like, hey, can you please pray for me? I'm unemployed right now and I got bills to pay. Or if you could send me some money. I, that's that's like the number one DM I get is can you send me money? Wow. So I, I open all my DMs, all of them. And I'll ask them, oh my God, you know, I'm so sorry to hear. It's always tough when you can't get a job. How many resumes have you sent out? Well, it's been two months. I sent out like four. Nobody's called me back. Right. At that point, I'm like, conversation's over. Because when I was an employee, you know how many resumes? I was sending four resumes like a minute. It took me, <laughs> by the time when I got married, I was unemployed for about six months. Probably sent out like 3,000 resumes. So wow. a lot, yeah, a lot of Christians will like, just be lazy about it, man. So the 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 reason that that is so it resonates with me, Jay. Um, back in let's say 2014 ish, I had a fashion brand called Bellweather Fashion. Number one design, death to laziness. Um, mm -hmm. Number one design. That was before before the introduction of algorithms online. I could post a picture of a t shirt and be shipping internationally all week long just off of a picture. And death to laziness was one of those. And for me, it, the scripture was Proverbs 12 and 24. And reading the word, it was like, I got the mm -hmm. Proverbs 12 and 24. New Living Translation says, um, work hard and become a leader. This resonated with me because I want to become a better leader every day. That is my goal to grow as a leader, both per personally and professionally. Um, one of the number one things in my life is leadership. But then the second part says, or be lazy and become a slave. Yeah. Now, in particular, because people are thrown, you know, people you hear slave in the Bible and they misunderstand. This was talking about a tribute and mm -hmm. a tribute was simply a payment that you owed someone every month. So mm -hmm. it was saying work hard and become a leader and be in control and in charge of your finances or be lazy and become a slave by way of debt of right. owing someone something. And that scripture led to. That T-shirt led to a song that I wrote called Death to Laziness. And it's something that I live by because of what you just said. And I, I want to go back. I, I got you. I got you. Yeah. I'm going to send it to you. Um, I want to I go back to something you just said from a business perspective that I think is really important. Um, as we're talking about laziness and the part that it plays in this, in this picture. You know, you said you open every DM. Mm -hmm. Now... You have like 374,000 on Instagram and I'm not even tripping about the number. That's not the focus. But the reason I'm pointing this out is because I have about, I have two Instagram accounts that are like 18,000 altogether. Right? So that's crumbs compared to what you have. And I get overwhelmed with people reaching out to me, asking me how to start a podcast, how to do this, how to do that. The fact that you said you open everyone, which I do as well, but I think I don't want people to overlook that because what I'm looking at is the fact that I know you're getting a lot of DMs mm -hmm. and you're not being lazy as it relates to being a steward of your business, a steward right. of your platform. And I think as we're talking about stewardship, some of it is about you have to be motivated, energized and up to the job. And you can't just sit back and say, I entered, I applied at four places and I didn't get a job. Um, where, Jay, I know you talked about your childhood and stuff a little bit. Where did that come from? Where did that initiative in you come from to be the type of person that is on top of it that way from a business perspective? 
so I think two things. I think the first one is uh, my dad. My dad has always been the type of person, and then even from my, my grandfather, where you, you're going to do something, you do it correctly, you do it the first time. That That is just like, that, that was the rule at our household. So extremely disciplined being raised uh, in Brazil. My parents were not afraid of uh, of using the rod, where they <laughs> use the proverb language here. Yeah, yeah. Mine <laughs> um, weren't either, so I'm with you. Yeah, very generous in that aspect. <laughs> parents. Right. And uh, the other passage is, you know, there's a, there's a verse in scripture that says you do the work at hand as if you were doing it for the Lord. Because there's there's a lot of tasks that we're doing that someone is going to, their lives could literally be changed. God could literally use literally anything to touch someone's life. So I understand my calling, my purpose. And there's someone on the other side of the world who's sending me an Instagram. I don't know who that person is. But who knows? Maybe I, I help that person invest. A couple of years from now, the person's a billionaire. They're funding colleges for kids and building churches across the world. Like you never know. So I feel like it's my responsibility that if I have the time and if I have the resources and if the Lord has called me to do this, I need to be a good steward of those relationships and of the account. Right. People are entrusting me. And I'm building relationships. It's my responsibility to do it. I actually I'm not I'm not there reading them all myself. There's like automatic answers. I have a person who, who helps me with social too. Her name's uh, Bria, by the way. And uh, she's phenomenal. She's Shout been out Bria. Yeah, she's been helping me for about a year. So if there's something that's like urgent, it comes to me. But, you know, 50% of the time, it is me actually responding and reading it. Yeah, and that's, look, and I want people to even understand, even with that, right? That That's still, I still stand by the fact that like, that's part of planning. When, mm -hmm. when you like, that stuff doesn't just happen. Right. Getting right. building a team, setting up, you know, automatic messages. Look, when you are running these social media platforms, I told you before we jumped on that, like I'm new to video. Like we've only been doing video a few months. We've been doing audio for four years and it's a completely different world. Just turning on a camera. I'm on my secondary camera today because for the first time ever, you know, my other expensive camera just, just decided not to work in. My point is, it is a lot of work. And I, I was having a conversation with my wife today um, because some of our goals are around the way we eat. And, you know, she's kind of leading that. You know, I lead like the business stuff and the mm -hmm. finance and the decisions. And she's taking like the home stuff and managing like what we eat in and, you know, how that works. And we were talking about the fact of like, I told her, I was like, well, I'm excited where we're starting. But it's going to get hard. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, we have to be prepared for when it gets hard. And I gave the example of like, I'm like, I'm less than a hundred videos or maybe at a hundred, if you include YouTube shorts into doing videos. And I told myself, I can't quit until I do a thousand videos. It, it gets, it gets tough, man. Cause I'm like, I work at a fortune 50 organization. I I'm, I'm super busy and I'm yeah. balancing this, but we have to be committed. So I commend you for that, um, Jay. And uh, real quick, I don't have kids. No, I don't no, have no. kids. I, I respect, like, and you're kind of going into where the last thing I really want to ask you about was actually your family. You've um, alluded to your wife um, and your family. Um, can you talk about the role that they've played in your life um, and who you are today? I can tell, Jay, there are a lot of things I get from you, um, the genuine, sincere nature um, you talk very highly of your father and your family. That leads me to believe that 
now as you have a family, there's a certain amount of pride that you're taking into that because of the substance that your parents poured into you. Sure. And you talk about your family. Uh, let's show them some love, but also talk about their impact on you throughout this, you know, faith yeah. and business journey. So I believe that um, there's a specific blessing for each season of our lives. When I was a single man, the Lord would bless me with wisdom, with grace, and allow me to learn easily. When I got married, there was a whole other door of blessings that opened. I'm telling you, I don't know where resources came from. I don't know how our resources multiplied. I just know that they did. Then my wife got pregnant and I'm like, Lord, you're a child. I'm just a steward. A whole other set of blessings. And I'm telling you, like, I've made it this far by the grace of the Lord. And it is he, I, my, my, my thing with like Stella, my daughter's name is Stella. There's only one thing I really want to teach her. Like me, per, I'm, I don't want anyone else to teach her this. And they can, but it's also going to come from me. And that's to love the Lord. That's it. I want to be an example. I want to set the standard. So she's, she's going to see me do my devotional. She's going to see me pray. She's going to see me fast. She's going to see me give. She's going to see me highlight my Bible. I'm setting the tone. So when, when we're talking about work and when we're talking about managing finances, that, that's my responsibility. I am setting the tone because she can, if she decides that she wants to marry a bum and the Lord allows it, I hope not. But if it does, <laughs> he may not understand money. She will. Got it. He may not have this idea where he highlights his Bible and puts little side notes and then goes pray about it. She will. That's my responsibility. And I take that very serious. So when it comes to like, what is being a good steward, especially our finances, what, I, what she needs to understand is what the Lord taught me. It's about just like a business, just like when you're analyzing a business, uh, you got cash flow, you got net worth, and you got giving. Those are the three concepts that I want to teach her when it comes to being a good steward. Cash flow, because that's short term. That, that's how you check your pulse. Am I making more money? Is more money staying or coming in? Then it's going out. Easy. Very simple. Network, long-term goal. It's literally cash flow, your weekly cash flow statement, monthly cash flow statement over the course of a year, two, three. That's how you know if you're actually doing a good job over time, right? And then you got giving. So you got cash flow for short-term, you got net worth for long-term, and then you got giving for the eternal term. That, hmm. that's, it's short, it's long, and it's beyond long. If, if you can figure those things, those three things out, you're a good steward. And that is a whole different, look, Jay, that is a whole different mindset <clears throat> as we talk about why to have money. Jen said those are great things to pass on. Thank you, Jen. Much love. Um, I, I love What I love, Jay, about this conversation, I'm going to let you get out of here, but I, I just want to say this to you directly. Um, I appreciate you. One of the most amazing things where I'm in awe of God since I've been able to do this show is that I get the opportunity to talk to amazing people. I've talked to so many amazing people. And in these conversations, I'm like, the, the goal was to inspire God's people and like to create a platform where, where, I'm, where God's people can take this information. And I almost feel, sometimes I feel bad. I'm like, I'm getting all this like, for free yeah. like you know what i mean i'm meeting all these amazing people but i want to just say thank you because you inspired me today and I, I know that you inspired someone else out there because 
of the intention behind what you do, but also the character and integrity in which you do it. Um, before we get out of here, I just want to give you an opportunity to tell people where they can find you. I know you have an ebook. If there's anything else, people, by the way, if you look in the description of the show, all of the links to Jay's social media um, is going to be on there. The link to the web, uh, the YouTube page as well. Uh, but Jay, I want to give you the opportunity to kind of talk about where people can find you and maybe what you got going on right now. Yeah, no, I appreciate you, brother. So thank you so much for having me on. It's literally been a, been a pleasure. I can't believe it's been 50 minutes already. I know. I genuinely, like, whenever you come down in Florida, you're looking at getting that property. Let's connect, man. I'd love to, to buy you, you guys a cup of coffee, you and your wife. I'm going to take uh, you up on that. Yeah, yeah. So uh, as, as far as for your listeners, I do have a biblical budgeting guide. If they want it, just DM me. Tell me you heard about it on the podcast. I'd love to send that to you for completely for free. Um, I have, a, 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 like, other resources. The guide came first because I was writing one on investing. And Christians are always asking me, like, how do I get started with investing? I'm like, well, how much money do you have? I don't have any money. <laughs> Why don't you have any money? Are you not budgeting? What's a budget? I'm like, okay, I can't do this investing thing right now. We started at step one. Um, right now, man, I'm working on some really interesting stuff. If you guys would keep me in your, your thoughts, your prayers, uh, I am writing a guide to people that are in prison so that they can get their finances set up so that then when they get out, they don't have to go back to that life of crime to feed their family, feed themselves. It, 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 I need a lot of prayer and, and wisdom on that one. So if you guys could pray for me, I'm working on a devotional that's going to be on the, uh, on the Bible app. So again, I think there's this, there's this movement happening across the country, across the, the, the Christian realm, and we could do a better job of being uh, better stewards of our finances. Jay, I'm assuming that you are familiar with God behind bars. I'm yeah, assuming that it's for them. Oh, is it? Oh, yeah, they've been on the show. Um, yeah, that's why that's why I was asking. Yeah, they've been on the mm -hmm. show. Um, and now the guy's name, I'm so sorry. His name is like not I gotta look at my phone. It was the director of innovation. Why is his name leaving me? But um, he was a great guy. We had him on the show um before we went video. I did so many cool interviews before I was video, and now you I'm like I gotta get yeah, I gotta get him back. Yeah. So that's amazing. I I love that. Like, see the connections that that God um that God blesses, man. Um, I'm happy to hear that you're working with God behind bars. Well, Jay, Viana, you have been a pleasure. I'm gonna take you up on that coffee in Florida, and um, what you don't know is I travel quite a bit, so you gonna <laughs> you gonna nah, get a man, text or something. I'll nah, be uh, I'll be around there. So, um, Jay, reach out anytime you need anything. Uh, we appreciate you on Inspire Guys, people. This has been a true pleasure. Uh, God bless you and your family, man, and um, hope to do it again one day. Yeah, I appreciate you, brother. Hey, before I leave, do you mind if I uh, if we take a second here and, and pray over oh, what? our finances, yeah. your your families, people listening? Do you mind? No problem. No, I don't mind at all. Please. Heavenly Father, I, I'd like to thank you for your grace, Lord. I'd like to thank you for your mercy, Lord, that we have the resources to be even setting this up, Lord. We know that you have a plan and you have a purpose, Lord. I want to pray over people listening right now, those that are struggling with their finances, that are, that are in debt, that they may feel your embrace in this moment, Lord, and that you may strengthen them, their minds, their heart, giving them wisdom, giving them knowledge, Lord, and that they understand that you are going to be with them every step of the way as they claw out of this, this debt and this materialistic culture, Lord. I'd like to pray right now over the father who doesn't have any means to, to, to cover the expenses of his family, Lord. I'm going to pray for those that are, are sick and unwilling to work, Father. But all at the same time, we want to say thank you, Lord, that you've been so amazing throughout 2022. And we know that there is an amazing 
amount of blessings coming for 2023, yes. that you may prepare our hearts and our hands to receive them, Lord. In your name, I pray, Jesus. Amen. Brother, Amen. thank you so much for having me on, man. Thank you, Jay. You have an amazing night, all right? You too. Thank you. God's people, man, Jay Viana, that guy is worth following. Um, he's definitely worth a follow on Instagram. Um, join the other 374,000 people following him. He told you to DM him for um, if you want his um, free ebook. So please do uh, reach out to Jay um, and let him know that uh, Inspire Guys People is where you found out. Let me look at my phone real quick because I, I can't see the uh, information on there. I just want to see what his IG is again so I can get it right. Um, it is, let's see, what is it? One second. At Viana J, the number seven. I'm going to put it in the comments, actually. So if you want to see it now, um, follow that on Instagram. At Viana J, seven. Um. I got a couple things to to unpack um, before we get out of here today. Hey, man, I just want to say um, it is. Hey, Sotomayor, it is a blessing to do this show, man. Y'all don't understand, like, because for me, right, I'm going to be transparent right here. Like, I really want it. Like, coming from where I come from, I needed to be surrounded by people who are doing things God's way who are in business, and I believe this in general, if there is something you want to do in life, you need to find a way to get yourself in the presence of people who are doing it and people who are doing it at a higher level than you. This, like what I love about Inspire Guys people and the, the, the area, the industries where I'm trying to play at in faith and business is I'm not approaching it through competition. So when I'm reaching out to people and I'm getting guests on the show, a lot of these folks, you know, by the grace of God, I mean, Jay has 375,000 on, that's just Instagram. Um, these people, uh, somebody, Dane recently has like 700,000 followers. And, and it's not, don't, I'm not saying that to say, I'm not worshiping people off followers and, and none of these people have made it a thing, which is why they're on my show. What I'm saying is when you're following your purpose, God will put you in the presence of great people. Like, and sometimes we quote stuff like as a scripture and we just say stuff like a cliche. But I'm telling you, like this show, if you have listened to Inspire Guys People, I don't know if you realize we have interviewed CEOs of banks and we had Montel Jordan a few a few months ago. We had like, again, um, folks from God Behind Bars, all these people who are doing it at a high level. The reason that I'm bringing these people on the show is because I want to get you the most quality information and resources about faith in business as a believer that you could possibly get in your life. I literally, my one of my goals is to create the number one platform for faith in business in the world. That's my goal. I'm just being honest. And in order to do that, it's not all about me. It has to be about bringing people and surrounding myself with people who are doing it. So when I bring people like Jay in on the show, I'm taking notes. I'm listening intently because I'm like, okay, bam, you were born in Brazil. You, you know, as an immigrant, you go through all these things, you the head of marketing at an organization. Now you, 
into real estate and investing and you have a large platform and with all of that, you know what? Most down to earth person you're going to connect with. Jay was as down to earth and serious about God as you could possibly get. And I'm saying all this for a reason. One of the things for me is I grew up in church. I grew up in, in church culture. I got a lot of access to people. And you know, I'm, let me let me rephrase this because I don't want to say this in a way to make it to exaggerate it. I have access, some access at whatever level to people who are pastors and bishops and doing all type of things in church. But you know what? If I'm being real, it's not the titles that attract me. It's the substance and the character. And so when I'm reaching out to people to come on Inspire Guys People and I'm having those conversations, I'm looking for people who may have the title, who may have the money, but they don't even, they don't bring that up. None of these people with these plat large platforms that I talk to, none of them ever, you know what they never said to me? Oh man, you only got 7,000 followers over here on Instagram. You only got 9,000 followers over here. Uh, nah, what, what I'm gonna get out of coming on there? Nope, these people are godly, have integrity, and they come on and, and give information as if it's a million people watching and listening. And I'm saying this specifically because as a believer, what I always take away from these conversations is, Jay, if it's ever you and it's the other way around, make sure you're learning something from these people. Make sure that doesn't mean you go everywhere and do everything. OK, let, let me just say that because people will, don't don't start calling me and asking me to come to your backyard and do a podcast. That's not what I'm saying is. But what in all seriousness, man. As a believer, we have to continually learn how to lead with integrity, how to do business and conduct ourselves with character. And if I'm being real, there are church people I know, church people around me. They might have some money. They may have some success. But it's not the conversation I want to have because I don't want to talk about the stuff. I don't I don't want to talk about the stuff. Sadamai, don't ask me. No, don't. <laughs> I'm not coming to your backyard to do a podcast. Don't do it. I'm telling you right now, don't do it. Um, but but my point, all jokes aside, is that there are, as a believer, don't allow yourself to get caught up in materialistic things. If God has blessed you with nice things, let them be just that, man. There, there are some of us that we're started, be, and I'm going to tell you where this comes from, I have a marketing degree. I work in, in business and sales and marketing every day for some of the largest, you know, brands in the world. Uh, brands that for sure you buy, like I work with 100% you buy. And one of the things that I've learned is that branding and marketing is so important to us now that we are allowing that to lead us you know what I mean? Like we're being led by the branding and marketing. So it's like, hey, I want to brand myself a certain way. So I have to show you my car. I got to show you my house because that's going to make you listen. I'm telling you, that is not quality substance. Um, that's not the listeners or the people you want. Thanks a lot, Jay. Uh, man, I had a great time with you. Thank you, bro. Appreciate you. Um, so as a believer, we have to have integrity in the way in, we're, in which we're conducting business. And we have to make sure that we have discernment in the way we're conducting business. Because Jay said something earlier. He said he gets a lot of DMs 
And the number one DM he gets is, can you give me some money? So this is what happens. You know, this is just the natural part of life. When you talk about something, you know, people ask for that thing. So it's like Jay is getting a lot of DMs asking him for money. He's got to have discernment to know when to push the button and when not to. It's not an easy thing. But as a believer, we have to continue to grow in those areas to understand like, Lord, when should I be moving left or right? Another thing Jay talked about today uh, that I thought was really key was he talked about the definition of stewardship is really about managing something that's not yours. And I think the idea, if we go into it with the idea that this is God's, that I'm doing something for God, whether that is, hey, you're married. This is God's daughter. My wife is God's daughter. You, you have children. Those are God's children. You have a job. You are doing this to the glory of God. You have money. This is God's money. I'm managing it. If we change our thinking from a selfish standpoint and lens and turn that to a godly lens, then what ends up happening is it changes your entire purpose. What's up, Brittany? How you feeling? It is ain't like Jay, when he dropped that, I was like, okay, like I'm managing something that's not mine. And when you do it that way, listen, it's hard for you to mistreat something when it, when you now know it's God's like, it might be easy for me to argue with my wife when I'm looking at her as my wife, you know what I'm saying? My wife. But if I'm looking at her as God's daughter, mm. Hold on. I'll be talking to God's daughter like that, bruh. So it causes you to change your approach when you understand what you're managing is not yours. And why, why is this important? In the church world, I truly believe in the marketing world. You know, marketing is a tricky thing. Again, I work in sales and marketing. My degree is in marketing. And I've been working in it for years. So I love marketing. So this is not like I literally love marketing. But one of the things about marketing that is very challenging, we have an episode on Apple Podcasts that is entitled Marketing is Mind Control. And is that the intention of marketing is for you to do something, to, to literally change your behavior in a way. So what happens for some people is that if they are not experiencing success, so let's say if Inspire God's people, if we're like, hey, we are not getting enough listeners. So what do we do? There is a way to market with integrity. So marketing is good. I'm not saying marketing is bad. But what I'm saying is we got to be careful. We have to be careful not to be willing to do anything to get people to watch or listen to us. And that's something that's important to me because Yes, I want to grow this platform, but I want to do it God's way. So something very specific. This is not a platform where we show off stuff. Like I don't show off houses when I've when I've sold a property. I never like I don't. Hey, look at this. And I'm I'm being I'm trying to be careful how I say this, because I know people post pictures of everything and people take things personally. I don't mean it personally, but I'm just sharing with you just in principle how I think through some of this It's like. I don't want people to listen to inspire God's people because I do or don't have a nice car. So it don't matter. Like maybe I like Jay said it earlier. Like, like you, you can't allow yourself to be consumed by things. It's about 
really growing something and having it, not looking or seeming like you have it. And a lot of people are growing their platforms, their Christian platforms, because they're using the thing to guide people. The reason that that's a challenge for me is that if I attract you with things, how will I ever transfer once you're in to get you to focus on God? Because the fact of the matter is a lot of churches market and get people because of things showing off flashy, whatever. And then people get there and it's hard to, to preach sound doctrine when you threw out the bait and attracted me with, you know, things that are not of substance. So I just want us to know as believers that it's really important for us to have integrity, to have purpose and to be intentional about our walk with Christ through faith and business. And that's why on this show, you know, we we want to give you tangible things that you can walk away with. Uh, Jay opened up the show. We talked about uh, New Year's resolutions versus New Year's goals. I always try to point out one thing on the show that if if you don't take nothing else, you could take this New Year's resolutions versus 2023 goals. The reason you want to focus on goals versus resolutions, New Year's resolutions is because once the new year fades, the resolutions fade. But if you focus on 2023 goals, what will happen is you'll be thinking about this goal all year long and working towards it. And understand the goal is going to get tough. Jesus said, count up the cost. It's important to really analyze and understand what the challenges are going to be. Y'all know I've said this publicly. Before I can quit this podcast, uh, not the podcast, the video portion of the podcast, I have to put out a thousand videos. It is very challenging to, to record and edit and chop up and share on multiple platforms and do it every day. To show up every day is a challenge. But if you want the payoff and the results that God is going to bless you with, you have to walk by faith on the front end. Here's what I learned in life. You can't trick God. Some of us want to trick God and make him think that we have faith. Like we want to act like we got faith. Like, look at me, God. I, I uploaded three videos. What you mean to tell me I don't have a hundred thousand followers or subscribers yet? No. Are you willing to upload a thousand videos with 300 subscribers? Now you're serious. Now what happens, and this is just my belief, you don't have to do what I'm doing. If I'm willing to upload a thousand videos with 300 subscribers, whether it goes or not, as grows or not, as long as I'm putting out quality content to the glory of God. Now, I'm not saying put out bootleg stuff like y'all know I don't do that. Like there's a difference between saying, hey, I got a small platform and I'm just doing little by little and growing. And then somebody who's trying to record their video on a flip phone. I'm not telling you to do that because I do think we should do things. You know, I, I hate the term with excellence because I think people just use that. But I think we should be intentional about building quality, um, you know, things. Listen, guys, people, I enjoyed talking to Jay Viana today. Please do look in the description of the show, which it will be on there afterwards. And this show will also be uploaded on Apple Podcasts. If you are a new listener, we have over like 175 episodes on Apple Podcasts before we went to video. So there are some amazing interviews for you to unpack because we just went to video a few months ago. 
still growing that, learning, um, figuring out video. But I just want to say thank you for listening. I appreciate um, the emails, messages, the people who reach out. It's a true blessing to do this. And hopefully there is some value um, that comes from this show for you. We got some interviews coming up um, in the next couple of weeks. So look out for those announcements. I've been trying to announce them, at least put the flyer out on social media before the interview. I think my next interview is next Tuesday. I'm working on another interview uh, with the large faith and business organization that actually um, specifically helps Fortune 50, Fortune 100 organizations um, incorporate uh, religious beliefs in the workplace. And so I've uh, been talking to their VP of I'm going to mess up the I'm going to mess up the, the function of the organization he leads. But we are going back and forth uh, via text right now. So be on the lookout for some more interviews like today. And please do share uh, this episode with somebody that needs it, that wants to be inspired and keep us in your prayers. Um, my goal is to grow this platform, but to bring value. And I'm focusing on the value and the substance. And my faith and my belief is that if I focus on the things that are of God, the other stuff will come in his timing. So I don't have to, you know, do a bunch of weird stuff. Oh, I think this is important, y'all. And I want to say this. Sometimes you got to say stuff right. Like, because y'all know I say some stuff wrong and I don't mean to say it wrong. One of the reasons I, I want to say this before I go. Actually, I'm not about to leave right now. I got I got some one thing I want to talk about. Why do you want money? I think it's an important question to ask yourself. Why do I want money? Now, I'm going to give you um, some of the answer um, as it relates to me. And one of the things, one of the reasons that, you know, I believe in trying to grow my finances is because I think I've heard more people use the excuse of, Oh man, I got to eat. This is, I got to take care of my kids coming from the community. I come from, that's how people talk. You know, I got to take care of my kids, dog. I got to eat. I got to feed my family. That excuse is the most highly used excuse for people who do bad things for money. And even Christians, people who do bad things for money, who cut corners. So one of the reasons that I want to be a good steward of money and grow my finances because I don't want to be a slave to money. I know you need money, right? I think we've established, we've all established that you need money to survive. You need it, Sotomayor, you feel me? And so because I know I need money, and I also know that when people don't have money, they tend to lose their integrity and operate outside of themselves if they're trying to get it. Or either you keep your integrity but you haven't built a skill set or a fin the financial literacy to access the funding. So then you become dependent. So when I look at those options, I'm like, all right, if I don't learn how to grow my own finances and be a good steward of my money, I'm either a going to be a really great person, but I'm going to always be broke and always dependent on someone else to come and save me. Some politician, some family member, I'm going to be looking for them. Or I'm going to be the type of person that's broke and I'm going to start doing bad things. We'll just call them bad things because I need money. You know, I don't want to start naming stuff because I don't want people to be offended. If you out there stripping and pimping and doing whatever, you know what I'm saying? I'm praying for you. But those are the type of things that people do 
because they haven't built another skill set to bring in the cash flow that this, you know, illegal job is bringing them in. It's legal some places, I guess. So my point is one of the reasons I wanted to be able to have money is because as an example, I'm like, yo, I want to be able to do a podcast. And if you always need money, you'll always do things for money, which means you go outside yourself. It's like, no, if you if you got a little money, you can do something, you can build your business and you don't have to be a slave to doing weird things to make money off of it. And that's what so many of us do. There's a difference. A lot of times you could tell between somebody when they doing a business because they need like they just need that money today. It's a lot of pressure. And I'm not criticizing anyone that's in that position, but what I'm saying is I'm giving you a reason that you should want to grow your money and to be a good steward over it, not to worship it and not to be greedy, but that's when you can give. So, hey, hopefully I can afford to do a podcast where I'm giving away this information to people and making these connections with God people. Um, and I'm not doing weird stuff, asking people for money or I'm not like, you know, just going outside of myself and being a clown for you to listen. And like, you know, like just making a fool of myself, losing my integrity, uh, showing off something because I want you to listen. So I got to get on here and act like, yeah, you know what I'm saying? I got this or I got that. Like, no, I, I want you to listen. And, and it's like, man, maybe I'm driving a 1999 minivan. But who cares if the if the podcast is good? It don't matter. You know what I'm saying? Maybe on my Jordans, uh, Jordan is not dunking. Maybe he's laying it up with, with the left hand. Maybe Jordan is laying the ball up and doing a, a Euro step on my Jordans. My Jordans came from Walmart, right? But if the substance is good, who cares? I don't want you to listen to Inspire God's people because I have nice shoes. This isn't a show about shoes. Now, let's be honest. You know that I'm not wearing the J's with the... Look, Jen, I'm not wearing a polo that you sent the picture of from, from Walmart. I'm not doing it. But if I am, it's still a good show. Aaron says he wants money to listen to my uh, podcast. What up, Aaron? How you doing? If you don't know out there, then you know that uh, listening to this podcast is like the key to life, according to the jokes that I have on social media. Sotomayor says, amen, brother, you just preached. Thank you so much. And Jen is laughing because she has a polo shirt from Walmart. Uh, what's my point, people? I'm sharing this and being transparent so that hopefully as you're on your journey through faith and business and you're growing and you're asking yourself, why, why would I want money? Now, remember, I said something earlier to Jay. I believe that you have to put your money in its place or it'll do what it wants to do. The reason that I'm intentional about why I want money and what I want to do is because stuff costs money. <laughs> and you ever, I'm, I'm going to say this, you ever, I don't, I don't mean this. Uh, do I, I'm not going to say this. I'll just say it this way. Um, I'll say it this way, y'all. It's important that you count up the cost like Jesus said, so that you understand what things cost. Like, if I want to do a YouTube video, for instance, you can upload a YouTube video in 15 seconds on your phone, right? Nothing to it. But if if I want to in, upload a YouTube video with a certain quality, I'm going to need a camera. 
Now, I need to work for that camera in my mind. I need to figure out a way to work to earn the money to buy that camera. I don't need the DMJ and say, hey, what camera are you using? Can you give me yours? Like, no. Like, and I think that's where we mix it up. The, the camera isn't necessary to make the video. You have a phone. The camera's necessary to make the best video, maybe, but you got to start where you are. And when you are willing to, to start where you are and be in the mud with yourself, then what you're doing is building your integrity so that when you do have money, when you do have a platform or exposure, you don't get beside yourself and lose track of why God started you on this path in the first place. And we see so many people lose themselves because of all the things around us in the culture. You feel what I'm saying? Sotomayor says, I don't know. Walmart price has been going up too much lately. You could really get the real. <laughs> yeah, that is funny, I guess. I'm not really a Walmart shopper for real. Just just not my store of choice. I don't have nothing against Walmart. It's just not the one I go to. Um, but uh, yeah, I guess these grocery store prices, inflation, they, they rising. I've been seeing people make jokes about egg prices or whatever. Jen, I want you to interview Champion and find out how they went from <laughs> You know what, Jen? If Champion is a Christian brand, I might reach out to them because they doing something. They went from Kmart to Dick's Sporting Goods. They might be in Foot Locker. Listen, we can learn something. There may be a branding lesson at play uh, in Champion. Listen, y'all, I appreciate y'all rocking with the show today. Again, Jay v uh, v uh, Viana was an amazing guest. Thank you, Jay. Y'all check out Jay. He has a free ebook. I want y'all to DM him on Instagram. Um, and check that out. I'm going to have the link to the description um, in, in the show. I'm also going to put it in the comments uh, once we're done. And what you talking about, Aaron? Does anyone know where he's streaming this? I'm never on Facebook. Oh, Jay, it's uh, Aaron. It's also on YouTube as well. Um, actually, if you just do at Inspire Guys People on YouTube, then you can watch this as well. And that's, that's the platform I would like to grow. Most of y'all watch on Facebook. And it's like, I'm trying to get people to watch on YouTube and then 70% of people just listen on Apple Podcasts. But hey, we are here to provide you the show on any platform that works for you. If you don't want to see our faces, forget you. I'm just joking. Um, Look, this has been Inspire Guys People, episode 190. We are approaching episode 200. I hadn't even thought about that. Uh, on episode, when I got to episode 100, um, my boy Red, shout out to Red, the real Red Campbell Jr., who uh, he did a whole private webinar. He had some of the listeners on there. Um, there was a private kind of celebration I knew nothing about. I was so thrown off. Um, but thank you, Red, for that. And just to think, that was for episode 100, and here we are at 190. Thank you so much, Jen. Also appreciate you being a faithful listener. Um, and Aaron, no problem, man. Thank you for thank you for listening. So, yeah, we're approaching episode 200. All right, I'm going to say this to y'all before I get out of here. I know I'm like one of those people that keep closing all the time. One of the things I'm, I'm thinking about doing, and I'll be curious, there are two things I want to run by y'all and see what y'all think. A, for the people in the Metro Detroit area, I am thinking about doing a live podcast this summer. One live episode at some private location, somewhere dope, where we come in, we do a podcast, we have some guests come through. Maybe we do like some live music, have some food or something. So keep that in the back of your mind. Let me know if that's something y'all would be interested in. If you're in the Metro Detroit area, 
probably focus on doing the event somewhere downtown Detroit or nearby. Um, so that was what did I just say? That was the live. That was a live thing. It was one more thing. I can't remember what the other thing that I wanted to run by y'all was. That's so weird. It was the live podcast. I should have wrote it down. And it was one more thing that I wanted to do. And I wanted y'all, I wanted y'all to paint. Oh, I'm also thinking about doing a webinar. So today we talked about like planning and, and things like that. I'm putting together a program called the Millionaire Mindset, which is really just the spinoff of the design I had when I had the fashion company. I had a millionaire mindset, um, you know, shirt. We also have an episode, maybe like episode seven of this podcast was the Millionaire Mindset. So I'm thinking about doing a private webinar um, where, you know, we come in and we do like a course on the millionaire mindset. So let me know if y'all will be interested in that. Shoot me an email, music at gmail.com. Uh, DM me, things like that. Uh, this will not be on Zoom in particular because I have the capability to set up a private uh, webinar on the platforms that I use, but it will be just like Zoom. So you'll be able to log on very easily. Um, it's just not on social media. It would just be a private group. And we would talk through how to have a millionaire mindset and go a little deeper into some of the things that we had today. And I'll probably have some guests on there, a guest panel to answer questions and talk to you about uh, some of the things that we did today. Uh, it really is an opportunity for you to be on camera and you to be able to ask questions to the folks that we have there. So those are some of the things we're working on that inspire guys, people, some of my goals. Um, and things that I'm planning towards. In the meantime, it's dream time, baby. Um, I just made that up. It sounded good. In the meantime, it's dream time. Maybe I'll rock with that. That just flowed out, people. Y'all know I'm a rapper at heart. Um, thank you so much for listening today. Y'all have an amazing day. God bless y'all. Love y'all. And uh, yeah, at Inspire Guys People on YouTube. Like, YouTubers, check it out. I post shorts every day. YouTube shorts. Y'all should be liking my shorts and commenting and all that help us grow man please before i have to start doing weird stuff i'm joking i'm not gonna do anything weird y'all because i don't have to because i love god and i saved 20 dollars. i don't know why i said that it's getting weird i'm out of here love y'all it's getting really weird stop it jermaine <laughs>